All right, guys, before we get started today, a big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Windows 11, the official operating system of the NFL and the exclusive sponsor of the LA Chargers. The all new Windows 11, they're here to bring you closer to what you love, like the Chargers in the final drive. Learn about all the awesome new features of Windows 11 at windows.com. And welcome in to a winning edition of the final drive on a Monday morning. Chargers beat the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. 41-37, and Haley, I don't think this is how the Chargers drew it up in the fourth quarter specifically, but uh, a big win against an opponent that you may have to have a tiebreaker against when it matters in January. Yeah, we talked about it last week. This was a critical, critical stretch for this Chargers team. One of these win- one of these games is now in the win column for them. And Derwin James said it last night. He was not afraid to call it a must-win game, which I thought was actually kind of cool and refreshing to hear him say that. It was a big one. It was a big one and a big win for them for sure. It was a crazy game, and I know we'll get into it, but to be in <laughs> control for so much of it, And then to have the fourth quarter that they had and to have the Steelers have the comeback that they had, but then you go back to, and I, I will reference Derwin James once again, what he said a couple weeks ago, and that's that this team really needs to play complimentary football. And he talked about it after the Eagles game and he felt like they really did that in that game. And, but what he meant was obviously the defense and the offense just complimenting each other throughout. And that's what happened at the end of this game. The offense got the touchdown and then the defense got the stops that they needed to, to just put it away at the very end. So a huge win. What did Brandon Staley call it? A, a wild ride. He said that they, he felt like they played with a warrior spirit. The defense did, and just a lot to unpack in this one, which was just crazy, just absolutely insane. And, um, for, for all the questions that were maybe going into this game that maybe a network like NBC had of who was going to play and who wasn't, I think they were really happy with how the game panned out at the end. I'd say so. And you said there's so much to unpack. I mean, the, the gutty performance of the defensive line with so many guys down yeah. on Sunday night. Let's kind of work backwards, though, because I don't think this is an exaggeration. If, if the Chargers find themselves in the playoffs, um, that Mike Williams game-winning touchdown may have been a, a – season-saving score there. I mean, Mike was involved early. Uh, You know, that first drive, they made a concerted effort to get him the football. Um, But, Haley, that touchdown, I mean, you know, have have you lose that game, you're five and five, Mm -hmm. but it's not trending the right way. And there are so many teams with five, six, and seven wins in the AFC. I think think there's a game difference between that last playoff spot and the 12th place team in the AFC. So that touchdown, we may be looking at that in January and saying that was the moment that this Chargers team got on a run. Yeah. I love too that Herbert had said that in the huddle and and Mike Williams talked about this too, that he told him like, be ready. Yeah. Like be ready that this is, this is what we're going to go with. Be ready. And, and that 53 yard score catch and run happened. But I think you're right. I think when you look at the AFC and you look at how much parity is there within the AFC, no team, well, I'll say this, very few teams are completely out of it at this point. And then everyone else kind of hanging around. I mean, you look right now at obviously the AFC West, the chiefs won yesterday. The chargers have to now keep pace with them. That Thursday night football game definitely looms large. But then when you look at a, a division like the AFC North, Again, all of those teams are in the thick of it. And the Steelers loss was big for them because of that. But 
there's a lot going on. And when, like you mentioned, if you drop to five and five, it changes. You see what's kind of happening with the Raiders right now. The trajectory of your season and the tenor of your season certainly changes. And, and you can't lose ground like that in a conference that is just so absolutely wild and insane right now. So that score was huge. And because it was kind of like, just you hit the home run ball at that moment. It was insane. I mean, that, that again, that whole fourth quarter was mind blowing. You went downstairs and and we just kind of looked at each other. We were like, hope, you know, hope this holds up. And then it just got crazy. Um, But to have for Mike Williams to have the performance that he did, which is obviously something this team talked about needing to get him more involved, needing to get him more involved from the jump. And Joe Lombardi said, you know, the way the defenses were playing him certainly dictated a lot of his kind of lack of involvement in games in recent weeks, but he got in there and uh, kudos to him and, and kudos to that offense for figuring it out too. And, and really, you know, not necessarily playing safe and just going for it. And it paid off for them. Normally when a, when a guy has four touchdowns in a game, he'd probably be the lead. But before we get to Austin, we've talked, you and I have talked about the running game, getting the running game going, finding that second guy behind Austin Eckler. I had no idea it was going to be Justin Herbert. (laughs) 90 rushing yards, a career high. And that really changed the game. It changed the offense. And, you know, Justin, he's, he's very instinctive. I think as Brandon Staley said last night, but when he runs with conviction like that, Haley, Mm -hmm. this offense is so different. You have to account for a guy like Justin, who's such a big, strong guy. If he can run the right way, and, and when I say the right way, some just basically what he did yesterday, mm-hmm. slide when you need to slide, but take what the what the defense rather is going to give you. Oh, my gosh. It unlocks so many possibilities for this offense. And I really think that they may have found something here. And, again, it, it'll probably be a week-to-week thing based on how a yeah. defense will play you. But Justin took – full advantage of that and his legs may be more important than his arm on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, what did Brandon Staley said? He said he basically, what his legs won us the game. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. His legs today really helped us win that football game. And you're right. I mean, they did say that the way that Pittsburgh was playing them really dictated his ability to take off and, and run for as many yards as he did. He became the first player first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 350 plus yards and rush for 90 in a game. Every week, there's something like that. Yeah. Every week, there's, every week there's like, like the Justin Herbert stat that you can just check off. That's like, Oh, this hasn't been done before, but guess who did it? Justin Herbert. Um, it was something he did great in college. Right. And something that we haven't really seen him do a ton in these chargers offenses that he's been in, but it was a totally unique element that added to the game last night as Staley again said, help them win the game. And something that to your point really kind of just shows you how instinctive of a quarterback that he is. And, and something I think, you know, we've talked, especially in some of these losses over the last couple of weeks that he is still young. He is still, sometimes you forget because he'll have nights like he had last night, which are so phenomenal as a whole that you forget sometimes that he is still young and hasn't seen a whole lot, but when he has the ability to recognize what the defense is giving him, there was no stopping him last night and there was no stopping that offense. And that was a really, really huge component. Is it sustainable? I'm not sure every week if that's ultimately your game plan, but it certainly helped them win last night. And when he plays at night, I mean, he, he shines the brightest. 
right? It's it, it's been it's been crazy to see. I think that's his fourth night game. I, I go back to the New Orleans game last year, his first game on Monday Night Football. Um, that Thursday night game in Las Vegas, um, when when the stakes were high in Vegas, he delivered. And then against the Raiders on Monday night this year, and again against the Steelers, against a, a really good defense. I know that they were down making Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt, yeah. but to you know we're talking about his his legs nine for 90. How about 30 for 41, 382 yards, three touchdowns and an interception, a quarterback rating of 116.1. When he has a passer rating over a hundred, they're undefeated this year. Um, So it, 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 and that's a, it's a good thing, but you know, I I think that complimentary football you were talking about earlier, Haley, like the, the defense, you know, you look at the, the score and you're like, wow, 37 points. Defense played pretty good. The Steelers Mm -hmm. had some short fields with that block punt and with that interception. I give the defense a a ton of credit today or or Sunday night rather, because you're down so many guys on the defensive line. You have one of your best, uh, your best game stopping the run. And I know that, that Pittsburgh really needed to throw the ball specifically in that second half. Um, but I, I give the defense a lot of credit despite the score. Um, it, it's a little misleading. They played really well. They did play really well. And again, they played with some unsung heroes on that defensive line. I mean, guys who were just activated like Braden Fajoko and guys who haven't played a whole, you know, a lot of undrafted guys, Joe Gaziano, yeah. a lot of those guys. I love that, that I think it was Derwin who said he was talking about them and, um, he said throughout the week, guys like Braden were going up to him and saying like, we got your back. Like, we'll, we'll get this done. We got your back. And, and maybe sometimes it is that mentality of when, you know, the outside noise kind of counts you out, they know what they're doing internally. And they certainly got it done last night to hold Pittsburgh to the rushing total that they did. And and we've obviously heard every single week that this rush defense has been getting better and we've seen it, but 55 total rushing yards in an offense that includes a guy like Najee Harris. I mean, that's phenomenal, especially with the pieces that they were missing that was really big for them last night. And, and like you said, to give up that many points, it is a little misleading. Things just got so out of hand there at the end, but they played that complimentary football. You know, you think about that final drive with those back-to-back sacks where the pass rush really, really showed up. They got it done when they needed to. Now we'll get to Austin and Austin. I apologize for, for getting to you so (laughs) late in in this game, because I mean, it's, it's phenomenal Four touchdowns. Um, he, he's already set a career high in rushing yards in a single season. Um, he had 11 for 50, but he also had 65 um, through the air, four total touchdowns. I mean, what can you say, man? He makes this offense go. I mean, when when Mike and Keenan are going the way that they're going, I mean, make no mistake, those guys, you know, Keenan, nine for 112, home, yeah. home, right? It's like we expect that from Keenan Allen. Um, Mike Williams with the game-winning touchdown, but when you have all three guys clicking like that, this offense is really, really difficult to stop. And, you know, Austin, each and every year, just proves his worth. And I've said it so many times, you have to. He's not just a running back. He's this offensive weapon that they have in the backfield that can do it all, and it gives defenses fits like it did Sunday. Well, and the other thing that he does and does so beautifully well is the yards after catch that he's yes. able to amass, which, you know, you don't necessarily see sometimes a whole lot from this chargers offense, like, but he is the guy who gets that done for them. The fact that he just is able to take the ball and, and make something work after the catch is just beyond impressive by him. He is, 
he is, he is such a key to this offense and, and he is a weapon that teams truly have to account for. And, and they've said it a lot and they've said it a lot over these past couple of weeks when this offense gets clicking, when all these different pieces start clicking together, they're going to be really scary. And you saw the, you know, the ability and, and what they are able to do last night. And you add Justin's rushes on top of that. There's a lot going on with this offense. You forget too that they are in a new system. And so there are some ups and downs of just kind of trying to go and, and figure it out throughout the season, but maybe they're clicking at the right time right now. You know, maybe this is a game that can really help them propel them into December and into January, where now you start playing meaningful football a little earlier because there are so many more games or there's one, but it feels so much longer now. But um, but maybe this is the kind of the type of game that they needed to really kind of help that offense kind of get clicking. You saw it in Philadelphia you had the stumble against the Vikings, but then maybe this is kind of what they needed to sort of get that feeling back. Here's where we, where we get to the portion of the program where we, we have to, we have to acknowledge the fact that the Steelers should have been put away in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And in this team will need to figure out, you know, they've played close games. I think every single game has been a one possession game, except for two of them, right? They will need to figure out, how to close teams out early and and not let a team get back into it if they're going to be a factor in December and January. And um, maybe this was another lesson that say, mm-hmm. hey, we, we can't get too comfortable. When we're up two scores, we got to make sure it's three scores or we got to maintain that lead and not make it so interesting in the fourth quarter. It's a 60-minute game. And I, I realize, you know, there's so much parity in this league, Haley. There's a lot of really good teams in the AFC, and you can't count the Steelers out. Um, but when you see the Broncos up, the Bengals up, uh, a team like the Giants after that, you have to learn how to win. But also, when you're up, you got to stay up. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way to put it, right? I mean, just like you said, it it felt first time. I mean, first off, I don't think there were any punts in the first half by – either team. Um, Pittsburgh obviously went for it on fourth down at one point and, and failed early on in the game, but, but you do. And I, I think sometimes two score leads are almost misleading because it feels so high and it feels so large, but then when the other team gets back in, it, it's like, Oh shoot, it's only a one score. And then yeah. weird things start to happen. Like the interception, like going for it on fourth down from your own 34. And when the game was tied at that point, and then letting, you know, basically gifting them a possession. And obviously that blocked punt, which happened at the five, um, which they got at the five. And that sort of was earlier on in the fourth quarter, but got them within that one score. There's just, what I'm trying to say is when you're up, you know, 27, 10, and then 27, 13, 27, 20 sounds a lot less great (laughs) at that point when you let them kind of eke back into it, but it's a learning experience. And again, you know, a win's a win, right? at the end of the day, there is stuff to take away. And, and as every guy will say, you know, they'll go back and watch this game. And by no means was it perfect, but it was kind of, if, if this team is able to play that complimentary football consistently, if they're able to kind of consistently bend, but not break and figure out, okay, we let them back in. Okay. Defense, we're going to go do our job offense. You go do your job and we'll complement each other and we'll play football together as a unit maybe that's something good, you know, maybe it's games like these that kind of provide those learning experiences and and getting them over that, over that hump. A lot of guys too, this week talked about, you know, just the importance of practice and being able to execute, but you definitely can't let teams like that. in, especially with teams that are coming up on your schedule, 
the Broncos are five and five, but divisional records, as I always say, you throw out the window. Cincinnati is doing crazy things. Jamar Chase is just absolutely insane. And then you got Kansas City coming up and they are currently leading the AFC West. So there's a lot that you kind of have to do to tighten things up. And and maybe though that the parody will kind of help them in a sense because they are in a good spot of having a two-game lead in the division, but you still have to win games too because now you've got someone ahead of you. Yeah. And it's we we've almost hit the portion of the of the schedule where these are playoff games. I mean, yeah. that was you Starts see all now. these wacky scores around the AFC, Haley. Like when when the Texans are beating the Titans and, and the Colts are you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts beat the Bills, but they beat them 41 to 15, right? So yeah. there's there's these wild scores around the AFC. No one has really separated themselves as an elite team. You know, the, the, the Titans lead the division at eight and three. They just lost to the worst team in the NFL, right? You know, New England, they're ascending. We saw them. Mm-hmm. Baltimore, they're seven and three. They lost to Miami, but, but uh, we saw what they did to the Chargers. Uh, Kansas City, just like that, seven and four. And you mentioned that Bengals game in two weeks. They're six and four. They beat the Raiders. Um, Broncos just sitting back at home this weekend, watching all this chaos unfold at five and five. And, and this is a this is a big one. Um, there's some fun storylines starting with uh, mm-hmm. the, both head coaches. Uh, you know, a, a guy like Vic Fangio, who who is a mentor to Brandon Staley. Uh, and you know, most importantly, it's an opportunity for the Chargers to go three and zero. Oh, in the AFC West, how big would that be? Three and zero in the yeah. AFC West going into Cincinnati. That'd be huge because what's the easiest way to you know make the playoffs when your division, right? And it starts with winning those divisional games, and that would be really, really, really big. Again, this is a team; they're five and five, so the record still dictates that you know they've got a chance at this point. With how wild the AFC West is, you cannot count them out, and you cannot count out. I, I mean, I've said this too, even though it's early in this week. The Fangio Staley kind of storylines of the fact that. You know, this is the tree. Rick Fangio was the tree. Brandon Staley came from it. I got a chance to talk to Fangio shortly after the team hired Staley, and he was wonderful and gracious. And then you ask him, like, oh, what's it going to be like facing off against each other? And it's like, ah, we'll, you know, figure that. We'll see what it's like when we get there. Let's find out. (laughs) Let's find out. And we will find out this week. This is a big one for sure. And I think it's big, though, for both teams, obviously, because Denver is in a little bit of a, a pickle of a situation. But if they want to have a chance, they need to beat the Chargers this week. So obviously got the Melvin Gordon storyline. There's a lot. And obviously they played against him last year. But this is a, you know, last week we talked about this three game stretch of Pittsburgh, Denver, Cincinnati. And, and I will admit, we I kind of personally discounted Denver out, but I'm not going to this week because these divisional games now just mean way, way, way too much. So this is a big one. Again, this three game stretch is, is huge. So here's another one on deck. I'm just looking at these standings, Haley. I've never seen the AFC like this where who's, who's elite, who's elite right now. Like, I don't know. I mean, like the chargers are six and four, they're right in this thing. And you know, I I think I brought the example last week on chargers weekly. We, We were just talking about some of these teams, like, what was Tampa Bay at this point last year? Yeah. Right. They were just figuring things out and I'm not comparing the charges to Tampa Bay. It's just an example of how long this season is and how, if you're hot at the right time, good things can happen. And when you have a quarterback like the chargers have, when you have a left tackle, like the chargers have, and you have these weapons, right. We, we talk about Austin's four touchdowns and, and Keenan and Mike, and you know, those tight ends stepped up in Philly, um, that, that second running back spot, I, I'm still 
you know, wanting to see maybe a little bit more from mm-hmm. that, especially as we get in December when you have to run the football. But six and four with a lot of a lot of potentially good stuff in front of you. You're already two and zero in the division. Um, this team should be very motivated in that locker room this week to to get to Denver and to try to take care of what's in front of them right now because it, it could be a lot of good stuff. Yeah, and I think it's something they talk about a lot. That they really just treat every week like it's its own game, which is obviously how you should. And it sounds cliche, but I truly do believe it that they they really don't think too far ahead or too far back. You can't win. You're right. You can't. You can't. I mean, it, it's cliche, but it, it's it's what it is. True. <laughs> it's cliche, but it's totally true. So maybe it's not cliche at that point, yeah. but it really is. It really truly, truly is a week to week league. Never has that been more apparent. I think in at least my time on this earth than this season is particularly in the AFC. It is so crazy. So, you know, this is the next one on deck and uh, hopefully they'll take care of business with that one. Haley, any, any closing thoughts as we turn the page on center night football chargers two and zero in prime time this year, both games at home. You mentioned that Kansas City looms large, but um, a few games to take care of before that. Yeah, I always make the joke. They don't look too far ahead, but we can because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's because that's, that's how it goes. We're not on the field. Um, closing thoughts. Yeah, I, I just think it was it was kind of a gritty performance, a gutsy performance and and just another one that, you know, really just showcased Justin Herbert for who he is on the national stage and kind of really cementing himself. And, and we talked about this earlier in the year with some of the wins that they had is not an ascending quarterback, but one of those really top quarterbacks in the NFL and just the performance that he had. And you can't really say enough about it. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, frankly, I don't know how we're really doing this this morning after the night that we had last night, which is, yeah, a lot of coffee. I haven't had mine yet, but as soon as I hop off, I'm going to, I'm going to go make some, but, um, just crazy, just another, another crazy, uh, chargers primetime, primetime game, primetime win. They're fun. It's fun. Football's fun when Football's you win, fun. as Justin Herbert likes to say. As soon as I hit that stop record of going for that second cup of coffee <laughs> to, get, to get my Monday rolling. But it's always fun doing this with you, Haley, especially when they win. And um, I tell you what, this this week's going to be fun. Keep it locked to Chargers.com, Chargers Podcast Network. We got playmakers. I know you guys have the Anna Lindsley this, yes. this week that I know is – it's such an awesome story, and it, it's a very important topic that doesn't get enough attention, in my opinion, around Southern California and our country. Yeah, and it's something that I know you're doing if if you haven't, or you did the piece with them too for CBS LA. They just the Lindsleys do such amazing work with Casa, which is court appointed special advocates, and they started in Green Bay when Corey was there, and and they both became advocates they went through the training to do it and and just kind of with with november being the month that it is and thanksgiving being this week i really just kind of wanted to talk to anna about why it's so important to them but there's also a component that the chargers impact fund and the lindsley's are doing where they're matching donations i believe up to sixty thousand dollars so that conversation with anna is about that if chargers fans are listening and they're interested they can go to charters.com slash casa c-a-s-a for more information on how to be part of that just really, you know, it's just cool. It's just really, really cool when you get, and, and we've been in the NFL a lot of years now, but when you're around players who not only play the game at the highest position possible and level possible, but also care so much about giving back and giving back to their community and in a truly authentic way. Like I said, they actually went through the training to become advocates themselves. They're just really good people and really excited for Chargers fans just to, you know, 
possibly get to know the Lindsleys a little bit more as well. Yeah, it, we did a piece on on uh, Casa and, and the Lindsleys on CBS LA. I think you can go to their YouTube page, check out that feature. But listen to th- this interview with Haley and Anna, because Anna goes in depth about just this process. And, you know, donating is obviously an awesome thing. And you could join the Lindsleys and, and the Chargers Impact Fund and donating. But the, the need for volunteers, too. I think yeah. you guys get into that. Just there is a a deep need for, for volunteers and advocates um, specifically here in Southern California. So take a listen to that episode of Playmakers on Wednesday. We got running for history. I, Haley spearheaded this awesome offensive line episode. Um, if you haven't listened to the first three, uh, find some time to do so. Um, and then you'll get into episode four with this O-line and it's just a bunch of characters who help make history. <laughs> Truly. I mean, I think they're kind of the guys we talk about unsung heroes from this Chargers game last night. Those were the guys that, that really made that offense click. And I think all those years in those mid 2000s, but particularly 2006 and LT will always say that's not my record. It's our record that he mm-hmm. shares with the offensive line. These guys are wild. These guys are fun. Um, it just kind of reminds you, it, it takes you back to that time of just how much fun those chargers teams had because they were winning so much and they were just so good and so dominant. And these are the guys who didn't really get the FaceTime. As we said, when you hear an offensive lineman's number called during a game, it's usually a bad thing, but they became household names for the right reasons. And these are the kind of fun stories that you'll get to find out about them. Yeah. I can't wait to to listen and, and watch that episode. You can watch them on YouTube. We have the, the yeah. videos on YouTube, which is really cool. Uh, but if you're in a car, wherever you listen to podcasts, check out Running for History. And then finally, Chargers Weekly, we'll preview this game this week with Matt Money Smith and uh, a writer from Denver and, and another uh, analyst or broadcaster to, to break this one down. A big one for the Chargers as they look to go to 3-0 and in Denver in the division. Uh, that's going to do it for us on the final drive. For Haley Elwood, I'm Chris Harry. We'll see you guys next Monday morning after the Broncos play the Chargers. <laughs>